Are you ready? Yeah! It's time to play with the Muppet Babies. Ready or not, here we come! Come on! It's the biggest summer ever! <laughs> New adventures! Let's make this happen! Take selfie! Old pals! Me, 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 me! Hi, everybody! I'm Rolf! Take an imagination vacation! Ready to be frogs, sir! Babies on demand in the Disney Now app, Friday at 8.30, over on Disney Channel. Welcome, one and all, to the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows. I'm Chandler Deroshay, your host. And today via Zoom, I've got Deagle joining me once again. Hey, howdy, hey. Good to be back out of quarantine and back on the podcast again. I've got Matt Levesser, who technically hasn't been on an episode of this show yet, but was on the episode of um, the Emperor's New Podcast that we did with Micah Hirsch. Yes, that's right. So welcome to the podcast without a cool acronym proper. And joining us for the very first time here on the podcast without a cool acronym, you know her from the awesome artwork she does for commissions and just for fun ladies and gentlemen all the way from wisconsin carly hi this is my first podcast i've ever been on so and also from the twitter feed at carly bella carly bella on everything except for tumblr but i don't even use that so just tumblr eh, who does? scary place <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us from orlando florida brendan Hello, and yeah, I'm excited to be here on my first podcast that's actually popular. Popular is a strong word. Uh, I, <laughs> I know some people listen to this. <laughs> uh, I was very excited to see on um, the day that we're recording this, Micah Hirsch, um, who does the Embers New Podcast, actually dropped a little teaser for the Podcast United show um, that he's doing. And I'm so, so excited to see that, especially, and I knew he would immediately jump at doing that clip with Swampy because I'm like, that's too good to not do. <laughs> are, are you guys, you guys on fire? No, good. Okay. I love Swampy. Uh, that, was, that was such a great episode. That was such a great conversation. I was so glad that I got to do that. Um, all right. So um, today... We're going to be talking about our first ever Disney Junior show here on the podcast because, well, I don't know if you knew this, but The Muppet Show is on Disney Plus now and everyone is all hyped for The Muppets. So I figured, what the heck, I'm going to do the one Muppet thing I can cover on this show that qualifies, and that is the reboot of Muppet Babies. DuckTales walked so that Muppet Babies could run. Yeah, most definitely <laughs> so what is everybody here's connection to muppet babies and really just the muppets in general i mean we're here to talk mainly about just how awesome the muppets are and how much we love them so well i'm a 2000s baby so the muppets were pretty much shoved into a corner at that point and forgotten about until the uh the movie with uh what's his face and Jason um, Siegel. yeah it came out in 2011 or 2012 and that was the very first time like I was introduced to the Muppets in like a big screen in a big way I always knew about the Muppets but like for the first time seeing that film I instantly fell in love with the Muppets and I've always like found them to be such a unique design and like idea from Jim Henson you know I practically grew up with the Muppets I you know I 
I remember uh, watching Fraggle Rock and Muppet Classic Theater in preschool, and uh, you know I've grown up to watch uh, all. I grew up with the classics. I am uh, the Muppet Movie and the Muppet Christmas Carol are without a doubt absolute classics in my opinion. And um, you know, and, you know but it took it took me a little while to get into Muppet Vision 3D because the first time I ever saw that show was when I went to Disney World in 2016. Back when I so uh, yeah, it took me a long time to get to that one, and you know er, ever since I'm uh. You know, I've, I have nothing but respect, and I love this franchise dearly, and I really hope Disney does more of this. As for Muppet Babies, I've never really been all that familiar with Muppet Babies, because, you know, you know I, I've heard they did reruns on Nick Jr. at some point, but I guess that must have been long before my time, because um, I don't remember watching Muppet Babies all that much. So this is pretty much going to be my first major exposure to this show as a whole by, by watching it for the podcast. Okay, um, I was never really into Muppets growing up. I had, I mean, like, my dad liked it. My first time, like, watching Muppets was when, I don't even know, like, ABC or something did, like, a Lady Gaga and, like, Muppets special, and, like, that was the only time I watched it when I was younger, but my, my really good friend Elise is, like, obsessed with it, has been obsessed with Muppets for, like, her entire life, and a couple, I think, like, 2018, 2019 is when she got me into it, and ever since, I've just been, like, crazy about them they're so cute wait when did disney plus came out in 2019 right yeah that was the first time i actually got to watch like actually like a bunch of muppet movies i saw the um the muppets and the muppets 2011 like when it came out but i was never really like obsessed with it but yeah i watched all um after i got into muppets i had to watch every single piece of muppet content i could find and here we are i love it so much it's great so I I don't know exactly what the first Muppet thing I watched. It probably was Muppet Vision 3D ultimately. Um, but I had also I, I also remember watching the original Muppet Show as a kid on DVD, and we also had Fraggle Rock, and Fraggle Rock is awesome. Um, my parents really enjoyed the Muppets, so they made sure to, especially my dad, so they made sure to pass that on to me. Um, because I mean, it's just it it hold, everything holds up so well. Even just going back and revisiting the original Muppet Show, even all these episodes with um, you know some guest stars who maybe aren't really famous anymore, aren't really people who are even around anymore. It's like they still really hold up. It's still just very very funny. Um, I knew that Muppet Babies existed, but I had never actually watched it. I just knew that it was a thing that existed um i was like oh well that was a thing that existed um and i guess going into the history a little bit um uh, i know the the reason why the show ended up being created was because jim henson needed money to fund his more experimental projects and so they accidentally stumbled onto the perfect commercial opportunity by doing a saturday morning show about the muppet babies um after muppets take manhattan had that sequence where they were reimagined as babies and everyone lost their minds over that. Um, like in the in in a good way, like everyone loved that. Probably because it's like, you know, okay, you take a, a character that's already pretty appealing and you make them like super cute, people will latch onto it. Case in point, the Nuimos plushies that are out that everyone is going crazy over and they just released Carmen and Piggy and I I just bought them because they're adorable. Uh, I definitely wanted to have them. 
but yeah it made sense that um disney would go and reboot muppet babies for a new generation for disney jr because it's kind of the perfect kind of show for disney jr not one that necessarily needs to be educational per se like some other shows but just more creative and imaginative i don't know if they ever do like you know that these are shapes this is you know numbers stuff like that like like what i'm thinking about mickey mouse clubhouse primarily so they, they don't really do that it's more it's more along the lines of some of the other shows that are aimed at kind of the older set that's going to be watching disney jr I guess you could phrase it as keep your toddler entertained for 20 minutes. Yeah, I guess. Though in a slightly less patronizing way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Muppet Babies was Saturday morning, so it was kind of meant for everyone, even though it was Muppet Babies. Audience, yeah. mm. So I, I, I have to imagine that, and based on what I've seen, this version of the show is very faithful to the original and that it still is really just cute and wholesome and fun for everyone to watch so i'm looking forward to checking it out from what i've heard muppet babies does not talk down to the children anyway it's not just like you know dangling your keys in front of their faces for a half hour you know it's from what i've heard it's still a very strong written show i mean you know it's 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 very much fun and i can't wait to see it for myself i have something of a unique history with the muppets because i am a 90s kid 95 and I grew up right at the tail end of the VHS generation. Yes, I actually remember rewinding VHS tapes. And uh, after the podcast, I'm going to go. After the podcast, I'm going to go um, apply for my senior discounts at the local Costco. But anyway, <laughs> I remember always being a fan of the Muppets. We had a whole bunch of old Muppet VHS tapes. A, a, a lot of them were compilations where they would um, show off different guest stars or different backstage shenanigans. Um, might be showing my age here, but if you remember Playhouse Video, then they did a whole bunch of old Muppet VHS tapes. And we had a whole bunch of the movies too. I remember The Great Muppet Caper and The Muppet Movie growing up a whole lot. I even remember Dark Crystal, which is, uh, um, <laughs> I wouldn't exactly say kid appropriate, but you know. Not even remotely. Not even, <laughs> yeah, uh, seeing, a, seeing what supposedly is a child get stabbed by these freaky vulture creatures. Yeah, that's not exactly child friendly. Hmm. Hey, a child, really... do you like Wilkins coffee? <laughs> no. You don't drink Wilkins coffee, you'll crumble to dust like the emperor. <laughs> oh. Hey, well, hey, oh. Oh. Wilkins, I don't feel so good. Well, well, of course you don't feel good. You don't drink Wilkins. <laughs> if they brought that back, that would be the perfect joke to do. Honestly, oh my gosh, Wilkins yes. Coffee has the same chaotic energy as a lot of Super Bowl commercials these days. So it's really, it really would be great to bring that back. But I don't know. If, I don't think Wilkins Coffee actually exists as a brand anymore. I think uh, they do. They're just rebranded. Uh, no, Wilkins. Wilkins and Wilkins were basically used for a whole array of uh, products. You know, like I, if you look on YouTube, right, various compilations, you'll find like they did various versions of certain ads for different products like the famous canon ad was used for like a bunch of products like a they used it for like a couple more brands coffee like la terrain and nashes they used it for uh, frank's orange nectar tasty bread all that stuff so i think that no matter no matter what product you do with wilkins and wilkins you can still keep their manic energy going 
Also, I just want to, speaking of the Super Bowl and Muppets, um, I know a lot of people were giving them flack for having um, Sesame Street do that commercial with, I think it was DoorDash. But I'm like, okay, but what do you call those, like, like two-minute-long ads for freaking beaches they run before every episode of Sesame Street when you watch it on PBS Kids? Like, <laughs> what is that? Parents, ask your kids to buy an entire coastal area. <laughs> no, 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 it's like no beaches, resorts. Like, like ask oh. your parents to take you on this incredible, expensive vacation in the Caribbean or wherever. <laughs> and of course, every kid remembers juicy juice. Juicy juice, juice, of course. Hundred percent juice for hundred percent kids. For one hundred percent kids. Yeah. Like this was my one question: Do we consider everything Jim Henson did to be in the same like universe as the Muppets? Because like from. Like Fraggle Rock is in the same universe as the Muppets. For Fraggle sure. Rock is in the same universe. I think Sesame Street still is, even if yeah. copyright-wise they're separate now. They're still in the same universe. Because Kermit was in an episode of Sesame Street. So Kermit was, was in a bunch. A lot of episodes of Sesame Street. Yeah, and Kermit. they did the that one um, Christmas special that had Fraggle Rock, Muppets, and um, Sesame Street in it. Right. Muppet Family Christmas. It's so cute. Yes. I love it. But then you start to run into the more experimental stuff like Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal and Dinosaurs, even the old Land of Gorge segments from SNL. Yeah. Like, can we, like, you were talking about the behind the scenes stuff that, like, they would show. Like, they specifically shot mock behind the scenes stuff for some stuff just because. (laughs) It's, It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Okay, if we're talking about, like, Jim Henson things, like in the same universe does that mean like Sid the Science Kid and a dinosaur train and all of that is in the same universe as the Wait, Muppets? Sid the no. Science Kid is Jim Henson? It's, it's Jim yeah, Henson. They used the mocap puppets that Jim Henson was doing around that period of time because you know dinosaurs like, I'm not sure if Jim Henson technology. actually worked on Sid the Science Kid but it's definitely like a Jim Henson company yeah like production. Jim Henson Studios does a whole bunch of things I know another one is like Splash and Bubbles, which I think uses the Waldo tech. Yeah. Like a newer version of the CG puppetry. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always kind of figured that a lot of these uh, preschool kid shows that had the Jim Henson's um, name on it. I, I always kind of imagined that Jim Henson had this huge sketchbook just full of random doodles and just ideas for shows that they've been mining for all these years. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he def- he had so many ideas. I do have one of his, um, I do have the um, Imagination Illustrated book, the Jim Henson Journal, and it has so oh. many like little little snippets of things that he just like wanted to do. He had so many ideas, like he wanted to make um, a nightclub and he wanted to do all these things that he just like never got to. He had so many ideas. Imagine that a Muppet nightclub. That would be. Uh, <laughs> I don't. It was amazing. Okay, I would die for a Muppet nightclub, but it wasn't uh, even a Muppet. It was just like, okay, I don't know if you're like a like, okay, Fillmore's house and cars. That's what it looked like. Like the outside <laughs> looked like that. The inside <laughs> had like table dancers and like all this this crazy stuff it was so, so cool. kind of like how spielberg got into theme restaurants for a little while that was kind of what yeah. i wanted to do i think that was like there was that submarine movies. restaurant that he opened in, <laughs> there was that submarine restaurant that spielberg dying. opened in vegas that was like it, it, the food was terrible but the atmosphere was pretty cool hey you, you know how they can improve you know how they can improve the rainforest cafe at disney's animal kingdom put freaking muppets in them please yeah. oh, my oh my god, god. it's so bad that's not amazing. like amazing 
it's not like I the would company that owns Rainforest is giving me around for much longer because they're they're not run very well. So Disney can easily no, run in and scoop up those what yeah, restaurants. Yeah, and plus, like you know, uh, <laughs> plus you know, I'm I'm instantly like thinking of like you know, Jim Henson. They did a lot of uh jungle animal sketches for their shows. Like you know, the one that pops into my mind is uh the Lion Sleeps Tonight sketch from Muppets Tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah. In case you don't know what I'm talking about for the listeners, like you know, back when they did the Muppets Tonight in the 90s, one of the episodes they did a parody. They did, they sang the Lion Sleeps Tonight, but of course, of course, in true Muppet fashion, they're singing "Woke the Lion." <laughs> and chaos. So, and so, the, and so the sketch was, you know, the lion's chasing them around. The lion's just chasing them around. Is out of stuff. It's hysterical. Like, what if they rethemed T Rex? cafe to just dinosaurs and baby yes. Sinclair brought you food. That'd be so good. I'm your waiter. Gotta love me. <laughs> We're gonna need another Timmy. They like have a stage show where it's the scientist and like a Timmy animatronic that they have to replace. Dinosaur lizard. <laughs> Although uh, slightly back onto the subject of Jim Henson and ideas from an old book, that's actually the first time I had ever heard of Muppet Babies. I have very few blind spots in my Muppet experience and Muppet Babies is a huge blind spot because it was just before my time, I guess. But we had this old storybook of Jim Henson's stories and there were original stories. There were a couple of Muppet stories, of course, and um, two or three Fraggle Rock stories, but and a couple of original stories too. But there were also a couple of Muppet Baby stories and... I get the feeling that they are somewhat indicative of how the show went down because they dealt with babies and and with Muppet babies like you're like it says on the box, but it didn't feel patronizing. It didn't feel overly cutesy. It just kind of told a simple story and taught a simple lesson. And I think it was a story about baby animal too. So you know, that's how you knew they knew what they were doing. I think Mama Babies is such a good like little kids show because it's not yeah like like you said it's not like patronizing the kids it literally just like teaches kids to use their imagination and like even like the original Muppet Babies they they never left their their room like their nursery they never went outside they never did anything they just like played inside and I think it's just like a good like lesson like you don't have to always be doing something like extravagant to have fun I feel like Muppet Babies is a wonderful example of what a kid's show should be it it's not trying to sell you anything. It's not trying to get you to go out and buy their merchandise. I mean, you probably they probably did have Muppet Baby merchandise. I mean, that was like their motive to doing Saturday morning, but the show was still wholesome. Yeah, it wasn't like modern day kids shows where it's like it's like oh yeah, buy the toys based off this popular kids show. And like oh yeah, this is a cash cow to fund all my expensive projects I want to do, but we're still gonna do it right. Yeah. Even even if at the time, the, I, I I have a feeling that the animation for one episode of the new show probably cost more than the entire than doing an entire season of the original series. Considering yeah. the original series was all done by Toei in Japan, which that animation is very cheap. <laughs> it's hey, not you know, bad. Uh, it's I'm, just very cheap. <laughs> I'm a businessman, yeah. but you know, I, even then, I, I I still have standards. Hmm. Yeah. That's the kind of. That's the best Jim Henson I got. <laughs> uh, the amount, the amount of like social, like what's the right word, media influence the Muppets still have today. Kind of like mm. Muppet old Muppet episodes that have turned into like internet memes and me today. Like 
And and obviously also whenever they do a commercial, it becomes a meme. Lest we forget those wonderful Lipton ads. <laughs> yes. Sipping my tea. I gotta agree with my tea. In case any guys didn't during the break. <laughs> see it. You know, we you know, we're we're on Zoom and we all literally did the Kermit drinking thing. Yes. Drinking pose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I would, oh. but I'm still I would, but I'm still wearing my helmet and uh, drinking stuff doesn't really go that well. Yeah. Why can't I master this? But I mean, like... <laughs> Since it's probably not going to come up anywhere else, we should probably talk for a second about the uh, episode of Take Two with Phineas and Ferb that Miss Piggy was on. Oh, my yeah. My favorite one. Yeah. It was so that good. Was so, that was so fun because they had her sing, people, they had her sing Spa Day. People say Infinity oh. War was the greatest crossover of all time, but they obviously haven't seen that. Dude, okay, so like Vince, the voice of Phineas, he always talks about how he wanted to do a full episode of Phineas and Ferb with the Muppets. Like he wanted that so bad. And if they would have done that, things would have been so good for they us. They could do like, that as a special on Disney Plus. I don't see I mean, why not. If they, I would, if they could do it with Marvel and they could do it with Star Wars, why the hell could they have not done it with the Muppets? The biggest yeah. celebrities of all time, the Muppets. Like, get them. They could have famous singer Kelly Clarkson in an episode, but not the yeah. Muppets. And, and Kelly Clarkson did not sing in that episode. Yeah, that was the whole ever. joke of the episode. <laughs> if they, if I they, mean, they did get RuPaul on an episode of Muppets Now, so it's not like they don't still have connections. They could use the Muppets to prop up the mid-2000s dork age of Disney Channel. They, why couldn't they have done it with Phineas and Ferb? I mean, oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. The Studio DC almost live thing. You you mean like Sony with a chance? Yeah, it was yeah, like High like, School Musical, The Cheetah Girls. Oh, and speaking of Sunny with a Chance, there were, you know when they when they turned the show into so random, like the full blown sketch show, they actually did an episode with Miss Piggy. Oh, really? Huh. I did not know that. Yeah, it was around that. the time the, uh, the Muppets out. 2011 came out, so they were that's how they were. It was like cross promotion, basically. Yeah. yeah oh, so just it. like the Good Luck Charlie episode with the Muppets in it. That's like a I'd, good one. Like I previously said, at there was one point in the 2000s, from 2000 to 2010 ish. Disney had kind of shoved the Muppets into a corner where they weren't really using them anymore. They would use them for stuff like that every now and then, like random cameo shows and stuff, but they weren't really using them to their full potential. Well, didn't they not technically own them yet? Or what? When did did Disney actually buy uh, the Muppets? I think Disney bought the Muppets in either 2004 or 2005, just as as Eisner was about to leave, because, you know, that's something he always wanted. Yeah. Right, because Eisner wanted to finish that. It was his white whale. Imagine if we actually got like the Muppets Land at Studios. Oh, do not get me started on that. Oh my gosh, that yes. Where is my great Muppet movie ride? Where did you go? <laughs> I mean, and I feel like okay, we can't really they could always re- we, at least we got a little bit of Muppets in Hollywood Studios. Like we have Pizza yeah, Rizzo. At least Alicia Stella's favorite pizza place, Pizza Rizzo. I yeah. feel like. And Wasn't plus, Mama yeah. Melrose's supposed to be Muppets themed, but they kind of dropped the yeah, Muppets uh, theming slowly be, over time. Uh, it was supposed to be the Great Gonzo's Pandemonium Pizza Parlor, and a, what, what, what's now Pizza Rizzo was meant to be uh, the Swedish Chef's Video Cooking School Restaurant. Yeah, that that's incredible. Right. I'm glad we got Pizza Rizzo though. Like it's so good. It fits so well. Yeah, the theming's really good. The pizza is not, but yeah, no. <laughs> I should. The talk- atmosphere is real good. <laughs> And yeah. I should point out that I'm uh, I'm actually gonna look this up on Google Maps right now because I'm uh, I think that there, you know, if possible, there there's still enough space that they could do um uh, the uh, Great Muppet Movie Ride. 
uh, let me see because you know there's like a parking lot directly behind yeah there's a parking uh, lot and access road right there that they need to move and they could use that spot for a galaxy's edge expansion too but well, that's like, honestly you know, what i feel like it's gonna be there's used a little part yeah i mean there's a little part like right here like you know where you can there, there, there you can easily see a path you know that stretches out a few feet away you know if, if they build a building like a few feet away from like the rest of the park and you know just have the path go past mama melrose's they still have enough space to do like a Muppet dark ride of some sort. So yeah. maybe, not the, maybe not the yeah, great Muppet definitely. movie ride. And but. here's hoping we're entering a new age of the Muppets because we kind of got the resurgence in 2011 and then we got Muppets Most Wanted a few years later and then it kind of died off again. And then we've got Muppets Now and now the... Uh, well, we got Muppets on ABC, which was... And the, the Muppets on ABC, which didn't Muppet really... show ever made. Like, it is so good. The Muppets on ABC is amazing. And, like, I feel like a lot of people don't bring it up. No, it doesn't get enough Yeah, it didn't do that well, unfortunately. It... And that never got... It didn't get a second season. Yeah, and the fact that they canceled it is just, like, an my office. villain origin story. And, and then uh, after the, after that... Doing an office-style show alone with the Muppets is just... And then we're kind of at, yeah. we were kind of at that point where they didn't really know what to do with them for a while. And then finally we get Muppets now. And then of course the Muppet Show um, in its full almost full glory. There's like two episodes that aren't there. One because it's got a person that we don't talk about anymore, and I don't even remember who it is off the top of my head. And the <laughs> other one because of copyright issues, which is not really surprising. So other than that, the change. most complete release of the show in its history. Which is a shame because uh, the Brooke Shields episode is one of my favorites. I remember parts of it on one of those old Playhouse video uh, VHS tapes that I grew up watching. Can I just explain to the viewers why the Brooke Shields thing about, in case you don't know, um, uh, the Brooke Shields, you know, one of the big running gags of the Brooke Shields episode is that, you know, the whole, the whole show is like, you know, they're going to do Alice in Wonderland. The whole, all the sketches are based around Alice in Wonderland. And so, um, uh, but the joke is that, some of the Muppets think they're doing The Wizard of Oz. And so uh, the show ends with everyone singing, we're off to see The Wizard. Uh, yeah. And plus, I'm, uh, I kind of just mentioned, like, you know, Bob Chapek has his faults, his major, major faults. <laughs> but unlike Bob Iger, it's clear that, you know, it's, I think it's clear that he likes, he loves the Muppets. I mean, it, I, th- yeah. I don't know if he's ever said in interviews, but, you know, he's, He's made his love for the Muppets known. So I think, you know, if, if anything else, his term as CEO is going to give us more Muppet stuff. I hope. Hmm. Here's do you open. think we'll actually get, do you think we'll actually get the um, uh, Muppets takeover of Disneyland then? That'd be great. I still think it's one of the biggest travesties in, in history that Muppet Vision didn't end up opening at Disneyland on Main Street in like the most trafficked area of the entire park, obviously, but instead ended up opening at DCA and kind of just sat there in a corner for a long time where it's like, oh yeah, a lot of people didn't even know it was there. And then finally it got replaced by a... Which is actually kind of a shame because if we remember the bane of all theme park existence, that is Superstar Limo. Mm-hmm. They had plans to rework it into Miss Piggy Superstar Limo. Limo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they did. And couple that, that with Muppet so Vision, good. right? <laughs> yeah, couple that with Muppet Vision right across the way. We could have had a little Muppets courtyard in DCA. Yeah, I but feel that, like... yeah, that, begs, that begs the question: What would they do? What would they do with the big soundstage? Because you know, no one. It's the one they used to host to. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Because you know, what would they do with that to blend it in? Who with wants to be Muppet? a Muppet? <laughs> 
I would I would love to be on who wants to be a Muppet. <laughs> I had always hoped they would put Rocket Roller Coaster in that building, but they never did. There was a plan to, from what I understand, they were gonna add a uh uh non Aerosmith rock and roller coaster, which is gonna be something Rock and Roller Coaster starring Electric Mayhem. Oh, that would be amazing. Ooh. That would be amazing. That would be so good. Yes, that's what Dave, that's what Dave suggested. I realize we've been talking yeah, for a while and we haven't even actually watched the episode yet. So why don't we go do that? <laughs> okay. Ooh, yeah. Do that. All right. We'll be right back after we watch the first episode of Muppet Babies. Now let me get the title of that. When you gotta bring it up. This is the technical side, folks. We'll be right back after we watch Muppet Babies 2018, Episode 1, Sir Kermit the Brave slash Animal Fly Airplane. Right here on the podcast without a cool acronym. Yay! Let's do it! Long ago, in a faraway land, there was a prosperous studio run by a middle-aged CEO. In an era of princesses and flashy musical numbers, the studio decided to go in a different direction, and thus their most unique creation was born, and they called it The Emperor's New Groove. But The Emperor's New Groove is more than just one movie. There's an entire expanded Grooviverse out there, and I intend to explore it all on The Emperor's New Podcast. Hi, I'm Micah Hirsch, and I'll be your host on this whimsical journey as I'm joined by special guests to discuss every corner of this underrated franchise, from movies to television to theme parks. You can hear all about it on The Emperor's New Podcast, available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Be sure to stop by and give it a listen, and remember, beware the groove! Hey everyone. So, obviously, this past year has been an absolute train wreck for everyone. For a while, my mom had been able to work from home, but she was laid off from her job at the end of October, and it's been really, really tough for her to find a job in her field. She was recently accepted into an MBA program so that she can actually get her master's degree, and was expecting to be able to pay for the whole thing, but then the tax refund she was counting on was unexpectedly withheld, so she set up a GoFundMe to help pay for it. If you can help out, that would be absolutely amazing, and even if you can't donate, if you could just share it, that would be a huge help. Just search for Malia DeRochet on GoFundMe. So, we just finished watching uh, Muppet Babies Episode 1, uh, Kermit the Brave, and I cannot remember the name of the other episode. That was the one. Animal Fly Airplane. Animal Fly Airplane. Do we have to say spoiler warning for season one of Muppet Babies? No, we don't have to say spoiler warning. For for everyone that is deeply entrenched into the lore of Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. That was like, Uh, um, when when the Muppet Show was released on Disney Plus, I was like, if I see any of you guys say Muppet Show spoilers, I'm going to make a scene. Like, we are not, there's no spoilers. Uh, I've been watching this show since I was five. It would be... You would be a god with the Muppets if you could actually spoil something for me. <laughs> <laughs> you are the Muppets themselves. <laughs> you spoil alert, this episode did not contain a cameo from Red Eye Tree Frog Man. Zero stars. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, they didn't, they didn't go to uh, South America, so we just know where to fly to South America. They went to Paris, though. Very, very stylized. The style in this show is very, the very city of love. How cute. can we, how can we pass that up? I know. Although I love how they mentioned. I thought romance was a to... foregone conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just love how they mentioned they have to take an airplane in order to get to Paris. And then I remember 2011, the Muppets, that they went to Paris by traveling by map, oh. by driving the car underneath the map. I was expecting them to pull that. I was expecting them to say we have to travel by map because that's such a Muppet thing. Uh, and, like, and we would get well, that would have been if the whole episode had actually... Like, that, that would have been if the whole episode had actually taken place in Paris as opposed to most of it being flying the plane and getting there. Yeah, mm. I mean, like, they could have done the whole Indiana Jones joke again because they own Indy, so they could have done yes. it. They could have done a very cartoon version. I have a feeling, based on uh, based on our discussion with Swampy, I have a feeling they're a lot more litigious with this particular show than yeah. um, Jim Henson ever was with the original Muppet Babies. <laughs> oh, well, you, can't, you can't use that because we don't own it, so sorry about that. Because Jim had a very ask for forgiveness, not for permission mindset about that kind of stuff. And I mean, really, my thought is if you're recontextualizing a short clip, that should qualify under fair use anyways. But what do I know? I mean, they don't actually show Indy in any of the shots. It's just the boulder. It's just the boulder. But I'm like, that's for Raiders! (laughs) So funny. So funny. I guess that's a... I guess it's a testament to how far CG technology has come because they took the original shot or what looks really close to the original shot and cropped out Indy and put in the Muppet Babies into several that looks shots. so good. I can't believe that they I'm, went to the trouble of doing that. I'm 90% yeah. sure they asked Steven for uh, the test boulder shots because that's I, I'm. It looked very similar from the footage that if you look up the behind the scenes of Raiders, there's footage very similar to that where they're testing the boulder and it could be that. Uh, well, I mean, hey, you know what's not far from Muppet Vision is the uh, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones show stunt show at Hollywood Studios. They just oh, filmed great. it in there. So now are we going to see the Muppet Babies performing those dangerous stunts that you need a bunch of uni work to get through? <laughs> yeah, they just replaced it. I mean, as we all know from Step by Step, they'll let anyone do that, so... <laughs> I mean, What's they did a Star that? Wars crossover. I don't so know. Why the hell not? So we're, we're going to go through each individual person and talk about our thoughts about the episode, I guess? Yeah, I mean, uh, so my notes I got here. Um, the, right away, the first shot after the, the like the the theme song and the title uh, can screen. Can we talk about the theme song for a quick second, Chandler? Oh, yeah. Might as well start with the theme song. You know, it's the classic Mother Baby theme song from the original you know, and it's, they did a very good job updating it for the modern setting. And plus, you know, you know who sings this, this version of the Muppet Babies theme song? Renee the, Lee Goldsberry. AKA Angelica from Hamilton, which is the always a win. Yep. So speaking of <laughs> Hamilton. Holy crap, that, that was Angelica? That was yes. Angelica. I thought I recognized oh. her voice. Did you know Lynn Miranda sung the Magic School Bus theme song? Did he actually? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and speak- it's really, oh, really good. Yep. And speaking of Muppets, uh, anyone remember? I don't remember the uh, Murray has a little lambs segment they used to do on Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah, well, that was Lynn. <laughs> what oh, that, um, connection? It just kind of comes back. I mean, that's that's not really surprising. Cause Sesame Street gets all the A-list celebrities because obviously yeah. everyone well, wants to go. This on was back before Lynn Manuel Miranda became an A-list celebrity because back then he, he, this was like two thousand early 2007 like you know in the heights wouldn't become a thing until 2008 and i think oh, they started, wow. i think they started doing murray has a little lamb in season you know 2007 what, one thing i want to bring up before we go into the actual episode is how accurate the voice actors are to the the, the muppet counterparts they are oh, nearly yes. perfect they're so good I mean, you know when eric jacobson retires eric bowser should absolutely take over fozzy full-time because his voice was perfect 
Yeah. Like, I was like, are these the original people or are they just so freaking good at it that they've been able to, like, match it perfectly? I think what I really like about the voices is they really, like, because Muppet Babies was based off of the one scene in Muppets Take Manhattan. Like, the voices fit up so well with those. Like, Muppet voice is there, too. So it's just, like, really works. They do so good on the new Muppet Babies. They do such a good job. It it proves... If when Disney has the time and the money, they can put an effort into something. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the right crew. Like, there's yeah. so many like Muppet cameos and like just little like Easter eggs that only like Muppet fans would be able to catch. And like, obviously, that means that Muppet fans are working on this show if they're putting so much into it. Well, of course, oh, you wouldn't make question. a show like this without people who are passionate about it. Like yeah, you said real. about Milo, probably everyone working on this show is a giant nerd. Oh, of like, oh, We got to put this in there. We got to put this in there if we can sneak it in. The the key to making a good kid show is to make a show that you would want to watch too because yeah. you feel the parents have to watch this too. Exactly. That's why I feel like they pulled the Raiders thing instead of just doing like a generic... <laughs> felt bolder they did that for the parents yeah so we'll get to that plot wise but i i love that they did that so much um so although uh, i will say uh kind of briefly going back to the subject of lin-manuel miranda not since tim curry has there been an actor that is just so well suited to be in a movie with the muppets definitely yes oh my god you're right that would be so perfect if muppets 3 ever gets off the ground they'll probably put him in it lin-manuel miranda actually has experience working with the muppets on camera because you know again i already mentioned he did the theme song for murray has a little lamb but in the season 40 premiere of sesame street you know the episode involved a real estate agent trying to get big bird to move away from sesame street that was lin oh wow that's so cool so, yes, among very, very all cool. of his other accomplishments that we can be envious of Lin-Manuel Miranda about, he has been on stage or on a soundstage with the Muppets. So what can't that man do? I mean, forget Hamilton. I mean, being on Sesame Street, that's his biggest achievement. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> yeah. Top page resume. Yeah. And that he did the Sesame Street thing uh, about mm, six years before Hamilton was a thing. So he's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's already made his mark on the entertainment world just for that angelica eliza and oscar and And (laughs) kissy kissy hammy oh kumi why must you go to the government (laughs) you had an affair Imagine just a Muppet. Just gonna preface. Just gonna preface this. Our Muppet voices are not quite. Are mm-hmm. nowhere near to the level of the Muppet Baby staff. I'm not even gonna try because, like, I know. Like, I the, like maybe one person might eventually send this. I'm Waldo, the spirit of 3D. He, he better appear in an episode because we know one of the people working on this show is a Disney Parks fan, and they already put a keychain in there. So hopefully, maybe. Oh, maybe we'll see him. Maybe we'll see him. I'm the spirit so, of 3D. So right off the bat, at the beginning of the episode, um, there we, we see a picture of Scooter and Skeeter. It's like, okay, so they do. So Skeeter does still exist. We're not ignoring that Skeeter existed. I think that was one of my okay. One of the reasons why I don't know. I just am like, I oh, I'm not really a big fan of. Of, of summer penguin it's just because like they had another girl established they had skeeter i just wish they would have brought her back she's so good 
Um, she does come back bring... later right now. Yeah, She does. She comes yeah, back she in a does. couple episodes later. But also talking about the pictures on the wall, if if it were to show more of the room, they have like pictures of the baby electric mayhem and um, oh, that's amazing. And Sam Eagle and Swedish Chef, and they just have <laughs> all the babies, and they're so cute. So in this universe, that's not the universe where the Muppet movie exists, obviously, because the Muppet movie has them all meeting for the first time in the real world. Um, this parallel universe, this alternate universe. They all met much younger and were like probably all family friends or something. Yeah, probably. Are you saying saying there's a multiverse? They all got they all got put (laughs) in the same daycare and like because like on your left their daycare teacher. So and their their daycare teacher, their daycare teacher is Miss Frizzle. Yeah, she's Jenny Slate. (laughs) Jenny Slate. Um, so it's the same universe that Total Drama Rama takes place in. Because, like, that's another example of, okay, we know these characters canonically met when they were much older, but yeah, here we have them all as little kids together, unless they just forgot all of that, but that doesn't make any sense. Plus, there's the whole thing with Summer Penguin being completely different from the typical Muppet Penguins. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I never looked into that. Like, I never... Wow. And by the way, am I correct in saying that she was created especially for this show? That she hasn't been yes. anything else. Yeah, she's, yes. she's never she been in anything else. Yeah, she wasn't even in the she wasn't even in the original version, right? Nope. And she was voiced by oh, I, why do I not remember her name all of a sudden? Uh, Jessica the the shit the the kick the chico. Yes, the same voice actress who plays Melina in the Emperor's New School, which is why yeah. I can't hear her without hearing Melina. It's honestly nice to see Disney actually putting effort into their kids' shows again. It's nice to see Disney like being like, all right, we actually got to care about our TV stations now. Especially with Disney Junior, which felt like such kind of a, like uh, such a throw-off. Um, yeah, a lot of the shows they've been doing Disney on Disney TV Junior have been awesome. Because, you, know, you know, Elena of Avalor, I mean, mm. it was so good. They actually put it on Disney Channel at first. It was going to be like a traditional Disney Channel animated series. But, and even for a Disney Junior children's, for a kid's show, for like the preschool, elementary school age range, they throw in a lot of drama and pathos and everything. I have to wonder how many shows get pitched as Disney Channel shows but end up as Disney Junior shows or vice versa because they're like not sure about the demographics. Yeah, I wonder if Muppet Babies was originally going to be... Uh... Disney Channel show. Because like I mentioned, <laughs> like, like I, I mentioned, the original Muppet Babies was Saturday morning. So it was aimed at kind of uh I mean it was aimed at kids, obviously, but it was aimed at seemingly an older demographic older than it, it still had the classic Muppet innuendos and stuff, I believe. Yeah. Yes, it had okay, and like I was saying earlier before, um they like the characters just like mean to each other, like they would <laughs> tease each other and like bully each other but like not in like a oh i hate you but more in like a sibling type of way like yeah it's just so funny and um the the first episode of the one we watched the um one where kermit was afraid of the dark they actually reused the storyline from the original muppet babies um but like beaker was afraid of the dark in the original one and i think they were like also like scared of the dark in the closet so like I, I when I was watching this one for the first time, I was like, "Oh my god, that's just like the original!" And like, it makes me so happy that they're reusing stories, just like changing them a little bit and like changing the character, experiencing that. 
This is a completely which, different which kind of a... show, but it's similar to how the Twilight Zone, has, the, the new version of the Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele has done a couple episodes that are remakes of old episodes, and then they've also done some episodes that are totally original, and it's really cool uh, to go back and revisit those um, those past stories with a, with a new twist. Oh yeah, it's definitely like interesting to re like. I feel like they're gonna do a best of if they're going to redo an episode. They're gonna choose like the best episodes from their staff. Yeah, I think. Although I am happy that they went with Kermit as the one who's scared of the dark and gets yeah. to talk to the dragon. I think I think that was a good way to go with that one. Yeah, it, it would be a little difficult to hold a conversation, a meaningful conversation with Beaker, with Beaker. and the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. I'm, I'm just so scared of the dark, the don't you know? Time. I feel like the way they stylized this show is just in such a unique way that I, like, I haven't seen that kind of texture, like, on characters put into an animated show in a long time. They actually look like puppets. Yes, like oh I gosh, like the yeah. way Kermit looks. Like I can just feel what he looks. Yeah, like. you can almost feel him. Yeah, the way his his eyes have that plasticky shine to them. Yes, and like the the like like uh pokey like felt on his like yeah. body. Ugh, so good. Like I said, At this the animation time, the animation for a single episode of this probably costs more than an entire season. Of the <laughs> show. Yeah. It costs without a doubt. One second of animation costs more than Muppet Babies ever cost for Jim. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, the animation is way better than it even needs to be. It's so oh, good. Really so well done. Like, if you were to take, I have some screenshots on my phone, but it's so high quality. Like I could just stare and look at it like all day. It's so good. And I, like I said this before we started recording, I think the fact that everything in their world is made out of something like at a craft store, like boxes or toys it's just such a creative style and yeah just very tactile mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah they, they really play off like you said carly the idea of it just being their imagination and what they have available to them yeah it, it really works because like especially like as kids like obviously they have all never been in paris they don't know what it looks like like i just like that they used their imagination to like okay this is what we think paris would look like and, like, this is what we think, like, a dragon would look like or a dragon would act. Like, it's just super cute. It, it's just genuinely, generally written in such a way that it's, like, they use the chairs for the plane. They, they it's just the cutest thing. They, like, they're, like, you know, the plastic little kindergarten chairs. It, the, like you were saying, <laughs> dedication. Real to- talk. Um, I actually used to do that a lot whenever we were vacuuming like the dining room area and the living room we had to move the chairs a lot Mm -hmm. and so we would line them up like that to conserve space and so we did what any bunch of little kids would do we would sit in them while the while (laughs) the bigger kids were uh, vacuuming and then we would just um um, imagine that we were in an airplane just like in the episode too Love that. speaking of that i feel like the direction they're going with the show and i don't know if you guys think about that they made it where when you're watching it you feel like a kid again yes absolutely absolutely yes. so so good with that and i definitely feel like they they expanded the idea because in the original you said they were confined to their nursery Yes, they kind of added so... that outdoor area with like the playground and the slides I yeah feel like- we should mm-hmm. talk about the way that the the daycare is set up for a second because oh my gosh that's such a cool setup where it's like you, know, you yes. have the slides going down 
uh, you know, it, it's the, the daycare is like built on a hillside. So the slides actually go down from the first floor into this backyard. Um, yes. And like, um, Kermit, has so his, cool. like Kermit has his pond in the backyard, but it's not a pond. It's a trampoline. Um, Piggy has her, um, what is it? Her dressing room, but it's just like a little clubhouse. It's so, so cute. And there's like a oh. stage back there for Fozzie to do his jokes. Like, it's just, it's real cute. It's just. They showcase that in the intro mainly and like i feel like they have so much to expand on because like they can do various different things with their imagination they basically have no limit at this point yeah because it's and, like, children also, another thing is like they actually like in some episodes they've taken like field trips to other places so like the original one they legitimately never left the nursery room like ever never went oh, outside because like the original theme song goes like oh how do, how are the lyrics for that one it's like Muppet babies, they make their dreams come true. Like, it's just talking about, like, how they're inside of their house, but this one is, like, when, oh, it's when your room looks kind of weird and you wish that you weren't there, but then the new one is when your world looks kind of weird. So, like, they're obviously letting them have a life yeah. outside of the nursery. And I feel like the original Muppet babies was that way because of the budget. Oh, they yeah. They only had that one. <laughs> more locations <laughs> are expensive to animate. Yeah. yeah. And when you're with this, doing a they show can just throw something together. Each episode generic. lends itself to a different adventure where you're going to have to do new backgrounds and stuff. It's like you're not wanting to worry about, you know, th- this is your home base. This is what you you have in every episode. You're not having to do too much outside of that. Yeah, like I did notice in the theme song that they had these slides that led out to the back, and we see it in an uh, establishing shot earlier. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know where this house is, but I would have loved growing up here. <laughs> right? Honestly, yeah. Literally, yeah. they have like a whole backyard full of like toys and stuff, trampolines. Like I would they have love. a whole like tree. Like it's another daycare in that tree. That it looks like yes. Family Robinson Treehouse. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a little trampoline ducky pond. That is adorable. It's so cute. <laughs> There's part of the show that doesn't like they. They obviously they had no merchandise when the show came out because they didn't know how it was going to do. And like that makes me feel a little bit better about it that they didn't have a merchandise line ready to go with the debut of this show. It wasn't like they were using this show to sell merchandise. Mm-hmm. I feel like this show, now that it's successful, Disney's working on other Muppet content to grow the kids up on, you know? So the kids watching Muppet Babies now, as they grow up, they release more Muppet content for them to grow up on, you know? So basically they're doing the Lord's work here. Muppet- <laughs> yep. just being a new generation of muppet fans i yeah i love it you can't so all those adult that. fans have to just the world went so bad when muppets wasn't wasn't big and mm-hmm. now perhaps it's so, getting better so the all world is healing to do yes thanks the, the world is healing and plus um, the, show, the world this revival was actually co-created by mr warburton famous for doing Kids Next Door, one of the, which is which is probably one of the oh. best modern. Uh, I didn't even know that. Ever Neither did I. Created, you know, was, That's awesome. Kids, Kids Next Door is really great. cool. Uh, real talk. I actually, when I saw Mr. Warburton in the credits, I didn't know who he was at first. So I thought it was just an alias for Patrick Warburton. <laughs> hey, hey <laughs> Peter, want to look after the Muppet Babies? Yeah, sure thing, Joe. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Oh my gosh, now I'm imagining Patrick Warburton as a guest on the Muppet show. That'd be so much fun. Do we know if do we know if the oh, French air traffic controller guy was some celebrity cameo? Because I feel like that's something they would do. Uh, uh, let me look it up. Uh, oh, yes. like, this looks like a job for IMDB. 
but you do instead of things. There's only like one other like human in this whole entire like that I remember, and that was Mr. Manny, who was like their substitute nanny for the day. I don't even remember who his voice was. Who we still never see, so it's like you know, like we don't (laughs) ever see their face. So I brought this up earlier. The way the nanny dresses, no joke, it could easily be Miss Frizzle. It could be okay. The thing about Miss Nanny is every episode, like her leggings match what they're gonna be doing in the episode. Exactly so, like, like Miss Frizzle. Yes, yes, it's so similar. Okay, and I don't know if you guys are gonna continue watching on like with this show later, but like they do have a, a school bus that's just like looks like the magic school bus. Like it's all pink. Hmm. Nice. The inside's all silly. Like you mean it's not one of those white daycare vans? It's an actual school bus. It's it's a little tiny. It's a little school bus. Well, sadly, oh, my sojourn through IMDb has not pulled up the air traffic controller voice. But I do want to point out, do you know who voiced Dot the Dragon in this episode? I recognized her voice. It's probably someone I know. Yep. Yeah. It's the crazy ex-girlfriend herself, Rachel Bloom. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. She's... It's just the amount of, like, dedication put into this show. I was like, okay, it's a kid's show. Probably the voice acting might be a little wonky the first episode. But, no, they nail it the they first nailed episode. It. They nailed it. And it's so endlessly charming. It really what is. I What I noticed while watching this is, like, obviously, kind of like Phineas and Ferb, where, like, the, the voices in the first episode sound a lot different than the voices in later episodes. And, like, Miss Piggy's voice, especially in the first episode of this, sounds so much different than, like, the newer episodes of this show. Yeah, of course, Which they're going to slowly realize. get into their character. Yeah. But, like, whoever voices Kermit nails it. Isn't that Matt Vogel? Uh, Matt Danner. That one, yes. There we go. Yeah, There's too many Matt's. Matt, in the Matt Vogel's universe. the one who does the, the main voice of Kermit as a... Too many Matt's in the Muppet universe. Too many Matt's. Both Kermit <laughs> and Fozzie's voice actors just perfect. They sound like their original counterpart. Fozzie, like, gets that, like wavy voice to yes. that Fozzie has. And the voice of Gonzo really knocks it out of the park. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That not only that, but great. not only that, but Gonzo just gets all the best lines. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he's I'm probably he's my, in this show. I'm probably biased because he's my favorite Muppet of all time. But um but yeah, he's just super funny and just full of non sequiturs and I love him. Anyone need a flea collar? <laughs> He's so silly. Um, later on, he like gets this potato out of the garden, and it's like his best friend, and he like brings it all over the place with him. And so he's like cute. trying to get the kids like, oh, like potato wants to tell you guys this game that he likes to play, and everyone's like, it's a potato, like it doesn't talk, and it makes him real sad. He's like, okay, our friends hate potato. I guess I'm not friends with them anymore. So it's like this Her whole thing though. about like if they don't accept my friend who's a potato, I'm not even going to associate with them anymore. Can, can we talk about the fact that in the second episode, they basically say Gonzo is responsible for taking care of baby birds? Not just birds, chickens. Camilla yeah. and... Camilla. Um, yes. Baby um, Camilla was so like, round and so puffy and so cute. They're so she cute. Was so yeah, he's cute. best friends with those chickens. I want plushies. Always with them. Like Disney, yeah. There's there's multiple mentions of chickens by Gonzo because of course, you know how many chickens there are in the world. (laughs) He loves them. He just loves them. I wish I wish we could have seen Rizzo in this episode, but Rizzo lives inside of the wall, so like sometimes he'll come (laughs) out and like play with them. There's a whole episode where Rizzo is pretending to be their dog, 
for the whole day because they wanted to get a dog for the classroom. But Miss Nanny was like, oh, dogs are really hard to take care of. So uh, then Rizzo. My question is, do the, do the Muppet Babies have parents in like yes, a home? Yes, they mention them all home. the time. Okay. And There's it's, not just like, it's, it's not just like, it's a step above the, the Peanuts and um what's the other thing i'm thinking of like harvey street kids where it's like Mm -hmm. oh yeah their parents exist but we literally never actually see them yeah i mean yeah we don't see their uh the muppet baby's parents ever but there's a whole episode like really late season three where rolf comes in and he is having the worst day because his mom's off on a trip we actually get to see a picture that rolf drew of him and his mom and it's so cute that's really cute and plus, unlike Peanuts, these adults actually freaking talk. Yeah. Yes, we hear well, I, well, in I, Peanuts, they technically so do talk, but we never hear a that, word they're saying. Yes, it made me so sad when I was little that their parents couldn't talk because I was like, why don't these kids have parents? Like, that's so sad. But, like, their parents just had that horrifying voice. It made me so sad. Like, in the in the Peanuts movie, which is fantastic, by the way, and you should definitely oh, watch it if you haven't seen it, um, there's the a scene towards the end where Charlie Brown is, um, is he goes to the little red-haired girl's house and is actually going to talk to her, and then it's, uh, her mom answers the door, and it's like, you have, you hear the, this one-sided conversation he's having, because the other says, wah, 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 it's like, why can we not hear them? Okay, I guess because it's, you know, supposed to be from a kid's point of view, but it's like, okay, but the, yeah. the kids still interact with their parents. But as a kid, it made me so, so sad because I was like, oh my god, like, what if what if they need to ask their parents something, like, and they're just, like, wow. scared or they're hurt and they can't understand their parents. <laughs> Charlie Brown actually takes place in a dystopian universe where parents have lost the ability to speak and they must talk and wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Parents actually don't exist. And yet, somehow, they're able to understand everything perfectly. Yeah, that's the thing is, they understand what the adults are saying. We don't. Yeah, yeah I mean, but I, it made me sad as French a child. Ones. Like, I was so upset over it. I hated watching it. <laughs> I hated the We're noise. Gonna... It was so horrible. All right, are we going to go through the episode, like, story-wise? Yes. Okay. Um, so... Like we mentioned, the first one is uh, Sir Kermit the Brave, where Nanny goes into the closet to try to find the sweater she's been missing. But for whatever reason, and this this is kind of, you know, skipping to the end, but for whatever reason, she's looking for this sweater. She never thinks to turn on the light in the closet. <laughs> which is probably why it takes 20, which is why it probably takes 20 minutes for her to actually find this sweater, and it's, it's after they find it, it's like, oh, hey, you found my sweater. It's like, yeah, well, you didn't Kermit turn the light on. Look look dark. You, you don't turn the light on when you go in a room. <laughs> she just has very good night vision. How big is this closet? <laughs> well, apparently it's not that good if she couldn't find it. The kids got to it first. He's the same species as the Peanuts parents. <laughs> and plus, also unlike Peanuts, we actually get to see most of her body. We, we almost get to see her face in a couple of episodes, I think, right? We do. I don't think yep. so. I think it's uh, only... So, like, I think it's legitimate. Sometimes you'll see, like, she'll, like, hold a book up over her face. Or, like, yeah, like she didn't. Kind of like yeah. Miss Bellum from the Powerpuff Girls. The other show that comes to mind for me is The Loud House, where they didn't show the parents' faces for the longest time. And then they gave up on that because they're like, okay, this is boring. We want to actually see the parents. Like, 
the funniest thing they would do is they pull that it is a red-haired middle-aged woman and just just does a kind of like reference that the fact that she dresses like Miss Frizzle, like I said, because <laughs> that the first shot when she's wearing those, that dinosaur dress, I'm like, is that Miss Frizzle? That's Miss Frizzle. <laughs> Maybe it is. Because they never say her name. It's just Miss Nanny. Miss Nanny. That's Miss Nanny. Maybe that's how Miss Frizzle started out. Yeah, those that's Miss Frizzle's previous Nanny. occupation. Or after she let, got let go from the school after endangering multiple sets of children. Okay, here's my thing about Miss Nanny. She's never present, only like at the beginning and the end. Like these kids could be getting like hurt. Like she's never around. And it makes she's like, oh, I, I lost this this plant, this vase. I need to go find it. Like, watch the kids. That's your whole job is to watch these kids. She just goes off and leaves. <laughs> she goes and like cooks by herself. Like she's like, I'm gonna go make some snacks. It takes her all day to cut up one apple. I'm gonna <laughs> she go make some songs. I'll be back in two hours. I'm gonna go make croissants. See you in sixty days. It's the Rugrats school of looking after children. Like the Muppet Babies never endanger themselves, really. I feel the original ones did. There was a robot chicken sketch about that, where it's like they were playing um, King Kong, and Kermit like fell and and got himself killed, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I was like built this whole this whole tower for him to climb, and he fell. Can we talk about how Twilight Zony that closet is in that daycare? Yeah, it's like, how deep is this closet? It's <laughs> on and on and on. Oh my god. Like, Just I get it's their imagination, to the... but, but when it cuts back, they run off. Like, the closet they should only be a couple of feet. They have a lot of room in that closet. It's not a closet at this point. It's this a room. closet is a wormhole. It's, it's like a hallway. It's related to the, the, the bottomless pit from Gravity Falls. It's also a cousin <laughs> to the fifth dimension scene from Walt Disney World's Star of Terror. Yes. Like, if you open the door just to the right, it's just the fifth dimension. <laughs> well, you're not too far off because after the imagination scene is done, um... Miss Nanny comes in from the right because, like, the door's back over there. Where did you come from? She came from the dimension. Down in this closet in this daycare. In the hallway. (laughs) We're getting way too, we're we're focusing way too much on the the logistics of this daycare for Muppet (laughs) Baby. No, at the end of that, they do an outpost credit scene, like, you're done with the credits and it slowly pushes into the closet in the twilight (laughs) scene. Starts playing. It is like, doo doo doo. Season four is just about the closet and how long it is. A Muppet of sound. <laughs> a Muppet of sight. <laughs> and it's just Fozzie Bear dressed up as Rob Sterling. <laughs> now, I wa- now I want to see the Muppets do a Twilight Zone parody. <laughs> Me Please. too. Surprise you just crossed it. over into the waka waka dimension. <laughs> you're about, you're, you're now about to enter the Muppet Zone, Tower of Terror, the new 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 Muppet Zone, Tower of Terror. They have to quickly retheme Tower of Terror because CBS gets really angry and they're just like, slap the Muppets in it. And they're like, what? what? Put the Muppets in it. <laughs> just do it. We put Guardians of the Galaxy in the other one, but we already have a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at Epcot. Oh, you're right. Shut that down, replace it with Muppets and turn Tower of Terror and Guardians of the Galaxy. Just falling down Muppet Ladder. How, how do we get to the other elevator shaft? We travel on a map. oh probably my favorite part of the first episode with sir kermit the brave was their sort of roll call scene where they would they all kind of assign themselves 
these roles in the oh, fantasy so setting. Cute. And I'm just filing through my joke Rolodex. Okay, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Rocky Horror is a Stranger Things would have been a conceivable joke at that point. Mm, probably. But that would have been Dungeons and Dragons reference anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, Baby Sweetums as the Demogorgon. Can you imagine? He's, okay, <laughs> spoiler. Uh, Baby Sweetums does show up, and he's so cute. Aww. Yay. What if they did a Stranger Things parody, and it was just, like, the whole episode was just, like, kind of twisting on the jokes in the show? But, <laughs> you know, kid versions. Um. Wait, if, if the Muppets ever do Dungeons and Dragons, uh, that begs the question, who would Profion be? No, 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 no. Profion's, uh, isn't he kind of like a druid? So, I don't know. I could see Dr. Honeydew doing it. Maybe. Oh, look, Beaker. We are going to conquer the kingdom. I have never played Dungeons and Dragons before in my life. Yeah, me neither, but you can still make jokes about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I Jeremy Irons' fun. finest hour. <laughs> Jeremy Irons' best role is in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. He just goes. <laughs> oh look, yet another. <laughs> the movie's incredible. Actually, with, alongside the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Irons as Kermit. <laughs> Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. Yay. <laughs> He's way too serious for anything Disney, except for maybe a role in the Haunted Mansion movie. Oh, would be way I, too I serious would love for to the Muppets, that. you know? Yes. I would love to see that. Well, to be fair, so was Michael Caine when he did yeah. uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. What about... True. What if they have... Weird Al Yankovic would totally cameo in Muppet Babies. Why has Weird Al not been in a Muppets project yet? He's probably too expensive. What? Too what expensive. is that? That's that's. He would do it for free. Okay. Carl, really. If he could do safety patrol, he could he could damn well do the. Yeah, Muppet. I don't buy that for a second because he obviously <laughs> wasn't too expensive to get on Milo Murphy's law. Yeah. So like. Or of course, well, can't have it with the Muppets. Why? They couldn't even pay Sabrina Carpenter to sing because they paid they paid uh, Weird Al. That that Weird Al Yankovic and Muppet EO. <laughs> Muppet oh, Eel. Yes. I thought that would be perfect. I want Weird Al to come in and voice Kermit's dad. <laughs> you guys have seen this video called Captain Eeyore? Captain oh, Eeyore? Yeah, it was like, Captain it was like this, Eeyore. There's like a home video that the Disneyland cast members, a bunch of Disneyland character performer cast members. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. You know, Eeyore, a guy, like, a guy in an Eeyore suit was Eeyo. Tweedledee and Tweedledum were the twins. Poo was Pooter. <laughs> <laughs> No, Scooter could perfectly be Hooter. Scooter is Hooter. Scooter is Hooter. Of course, it would be Captain Neo. Miss Piggy could be, I guess... Uh, oh, she's the ending queen, well, no doubt. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and Miss Piggy would be the Muppet vision. And uh, in Captain Eeyore, uh, the beautiful form of the Supreme Leader was Snow White. Ah. And was the evil one Maleficent? I don't know. I can't remember that part. I'll have to look, go back and look it up. I mean, I thought I was walking into Captain Neo, but I keep walking into Muppet Vision. That's a Muppet. That's a Muppet. That's the swine track. Speaking <laughs> of Disney World and Muppets, if you search up on YouTube Muppets in Disney World, it is the funniest set of videos ever. Like, there's this part where, where Piggy's just like hysterically, like, just going nuts. And like, you can hear like Frank Oz start to laugh while he's like doing the big thing. Did you see and the one like, where... just, like hits, hits, hits Peggy and she like falls over and he's like, 
she was being hysterical and like he's like i had to do it and it's just so funny it is one of the funniest things i remember the first time i watched that i actually cried have you seen the one where she goes on big thinner mountain and she's like flailing around (laughs) not the first time a muppet has ridden a roller coaster because i can't imagine how they filmed that well, in, in Travel Rock, they had Traveling Matt ride a roller coaster at Canada's Wonderland. And yeah, right. they just had, a, it was Frank Oz that did Traveling Matt, right? I have uh, no Dave idea. Gold. It was Dave Goals. Okay, so they had Dave Goals, um, who was puppeteering um, Matt, sit in the seat next to him and have a fake arm drooped over the side while he was controlling the puppet. Oh, okay. So oh. You would never be able to tell, but it's like the puppeteer is right next to the puppet. Although it begs the question, how is traveling Matt tall enough to ride the ride? <laughs> oh, he puts paper towels in his shoes. Are literally like <laughs> tiny. Yeah, the fraggles are tiny. It's like how do you get on the ride? Half of the size of a human, like it's like minuscule. Someone was not doing their job correctly. <laughs> Don't mention the paper towels and shoes to somebody who works at Space Mountain because I've heard that's the most common thing for parents oh to do with their oh children. Oh my god! Well, I mean, at least that's not Snickers in your shoes like freaking Chris Hemsworth did with his daughter. Sorry, the what in the what? <laughs> yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Um, was gonna ride Tower of Terror with his daughter, um, but his daughter wasn't tall enough to ride yet. This was several years ago, um, before it was Mission Breakout, and so he stuffed a couple of Snickers bars in her in her shoes, and uh, and and was able to sneak her on the ride like that. And he was well, retelling this story the right on a late night it. show. And he's like, yeah, and then we, and then the ride started dropping. He's like, oh, so this is why they have a high requirement. And Robert Downey Jr. is just like, yeah, you think. <laughs> i think i remember watching that all right I'm like i'm like yes, back on top listen to robert downey jr he is the voice of reason here uh, getting back to the on topic back to muppet babies so yeah, basically they babies. head into the closet and we get the we get the beautiful borrowed raiders of the lost dark scene yes they trigger booby traps and there's a boulder and it's literally the it's literally taken straight from raiders of the lost Ark, and it's so great Incredible. i love that and like the, the style in this cave is, they they turn on the light and the whole closet transforms into this cave and it's such a unique setting because it looks like it's all made out of felt yeah and that's the thing is it's like even even when they're in their imagination world like we, we mentioned it still it still feels like something that they are creating it's like out like of stuff they, they have they on hand everything they kept everything available on hand pieces and such so if it's a cave made out of felt and it's super dark does that mean they had to they just felt their way around Uh, (laughs) now i'm thinking of that joke from like channel chasers you know i've never felt more alive get it felt (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's my terrible cosmo impression thank you very much i'll be here all week tip your waitress what if what if like what if in the next Muppet Baby episode they just have Crash and Bernstein show up? Oh my god! <laughs> Please, for no reason, he's just there. The true Muppet but was King. anyone from Henson involved in that show? Or I, yeah. I know it. I know it existed. Henson Studios built Crash, I believe. Okay, I figured. I figured as much, but I was never quite sure. So he's canon in the universe. Speaking of canon Muppet characters, Jess Harnell, the voice of uh, Wacko Warner has a Muppet of himself made by Jim Henson Studios. 
Nice. I remember yeah, one time on his right. live stream, I kept like asking him, I was like, who's your favorite Muppet? Who's your favorite Muppet? And he's like, oh, like, hold on. And he like ran into his room and like got this Muppet of himself. Oh, that's it was awesome. the cutest thing ever. That's so cool. Like, so after they like, they, they go into the closet and they see this castle and it's almost like, it's almost stylized in a construction paper way. Is, is that just me or is it like, it was, it was totally set apart. Yeah, it looks okay. like something again that they could have built on their own just out of some cardboard boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It look a little cardboardy. Yeah, even like when they switch the light back on, you can see the cardboard boxes stacked up in the back. Yeah, that's some nice consistency. So that's the castle. Wow. Yeah, it's a nice touch. And then they start climbing up, and Kermit is too scared to join them. And then the dragon shows up right behind him, and my immediate thought was, "Oh, crud! It's Figment's ex." she she sounds like a female figment i'm sorry she does well then again she left figment to be on muppet babies yeah well then again the current voice of figment is one of the prominent muppeteers yes oh my gosh i'm pretty sure that it all just cycles back it's connected man all connected So after after Kermit talks to Figment's ex and they they like they become friends, they they fly through this. There's a song, a pretty well written song, and it like, actually kind of felt at home in like a Phineas and Ferb kind of territory. Yeah, it did, and that yeah. was one of the most beautiful scenes in the episode because the style changes throughout. So you get like mm-hmm. you get like I don't know if any of the viewers or any of you like in science class in like middle school you built the marble roller coasters. We didn't do that. When you when they flew over the fair, that whole thing kind of gave me that popsicle sticks and like foam vibe. Yes. Yeah. It's so yeah. pretty. Again, the show just has a very homemade feel to it, and it's it, it's it's oh definitely it's, it's it's such a just charming <laughs> show. I actually went back up onto IMDb. The songs for this episode were written by a guy named Andy Bean, and he's he's had experience working for Disney, as he also did music for. Another Disney Junior show called Puppy Dog Pals, as well as the tragically short-lived Wander Over Yonder. Uh, oh, poor Wander. Wander yes. deserved better. Honestly, Wander deserved better. Style reminds me a little bit of that Wander Over Yonder, like very creative and totally different style. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, they, they, there's a quick resolution where Kermit's just like, "I'm not afraid of the dark anymore." They turn the light on, and he's just like, "Nope, I'm yeah, gonna turn the light out again." Solved. And also, I love how the dragon is designed with the same pattern as the sweater. So it's like yeah, the, the dragon, yeah, yeah. that's the sweater. Of course, that's, that's it being the sweater that Andy was that. looking for as she was fumbling around in the dark for 20 minutes. sweater. <laughs> <laughs> She's we just get... probably in one of the many hallways of that closet, just yeah. with her hands in front of her trying to find it, and she just... Here's the kids. Oh, this right closet next to her. is like the stairway like at the Hogwarts. Dragon's name was Dot, and the sweater has like polka dots on it. Huh? Yeah. Sweater knitted by Mabel Pines. So we mm. get. So after that, <laughs> we quickly jump into the second episode. Yes. There's no like separation. It's just second episode title card. And I don't know if each episode is formatted this way, where we get two stories per episode. Mm-hmm. And each each story I would say is about what 11, 12 minutes long because the oh, last yeah. second one's a little bit longer. Yeah, your your standard SpongeBob length, you know. 
Yeah. Because Disney Junior, yeah, they don't usually have a commercial break between halves of an episode. So it's no. it's you know just the whole kids would get bored. And and it seems like the same structure. There's a conflict. There's the there's the like you know the classic Muppets jokes and stuff, and then there's the resolution episodes over. Yeah, follows that basic kitty formula. They're all making artwork of their favorite places, and Kermit makes his swamp where he was born, which canonically is in Florida, right next to Walt Disney World. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> and animals just going to town on the arts and crafts. He's going about to eat a bunch of glue and glitter glue, but yeah, everyone stops you him. You brought up the point that Nanny doesn't do anything. If Animal were eating that glue, he would be dead. <laughs> Dude, she's just like letting these kids go buck wild all the time. gave them dry pasta, which they could easily just choke on. Dude, that pasta, okay, Fozzie is like obsessed with that dry macaroni and like all of his like villain characters are based around dry macaroni. Like he's just <laughs> is obsessed with it for some reason. The nefarious macaroni monster. The nefarious Fozzie macaroni. Does Fozzie have issues? Hey, big with boy Fozzie macaroni, you don't mess with him. <laughs> Fozzie's jokes are the short end of the stick of spaghetti. <laughs> I'm looking at an image from when Miss Nanny is like reading the book about Paris to them and like in the background like the bookshelf the, there's like books and then like on the bottom of it has like pictures of like actual like Muppets so there's like Janice and like Swedish Chef oh there's that Beaker right there and... the amount of dedication and detail put into this Pepe's over here Pepe. yay Pepe there is actually a baby picture of Pepe on the wall. I don't remember what wall it's on or where it's baby at, Pepe. but it's really cute. He's just like little. <laughs> he must be so tiny. <laughs> That's right. He's actually the entire time, but he's just so tiny. You can't see him. <laughs> so he's a king prawn when he's an adult. So when he's younger, he's a prince prawn? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that's how it works. Hey, Editor Chandler here. I'm sure at this point you're expecting me to throw in some sort of reference to whatever the hell is going on with the royal family in England, but I don't care about any of that, so I'm not going to do that. Now back to the podcast. I, I don't know the whole hierarchy of, you know, shellfish and everything. He has to work his like, way up. Maybe it's like Klingons where, you know, you have to kill the king. <laughs> you have to kill the king. He he killed his, his, he killed his family to become the king. <laughs> <laughs> As we mentioned, um, they're talking about their favorite places, and Nanny's like, "Oh, my favorite place is Paris, France." Um, and she starts, <laughs> she starts describing it to them, and then they're like, "Okay, well, that sounds really cool. We want to go there." Oh. And, and um, I just want to point out something. Um, Miss Piggy had my favorite line in that episode. Like, you know, I can speak French too. Watch, lay French fries. <laughs> <laughs> Which credit where credit's due. She knows like a slew of actual French words and that's what she chooses. <laughs> I mean, Piggy is French herself, right? Uh, oh, no, she just has very... That's... I think she's no. just like obsessed with like French culture. She is a she's diva, like, that's yeah. what she is. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, there's actually obsessed. an exchange uh, in the, I think it was the Christopher Reeve episode of The Muppet Show where she tries to sweet talk Christopher Reeve in French only to be completely stuck uh at a loss for words because you know she doesn't really know anything beyond because you know uh, let me see if i can find that exchange huh. actually see. if i remember muppets take manhattan kind of 
explained it when she was selling perfumes yes and she adopted a whole bunch of their titles into her vocabulary didn't she didn't she lie to Kermit and say she like what was it that she like went she was like studying abroad or something well she was living in Paris in Muppets 2011 when they go to get her travel by map is it also Muppets take Manhattan that we get that terrifying mix between Miss Piggy and Kermit that that is Muppets most wanted Okay. The little pink frog and a little green pig. Oh yeah, Aww. that was uh, that was that was a thing that existed. Look like Kermit, but it's pink. <laughs> like it's cute. Kermit that was actually my profile thing. picture on Twitter for like a short amount of time. Was that, that was pink. you? That was you. <laughs> I just love it. It's cute. Like we were previously talking about, just the style of the show is like such a Muppet style. Hmm. And, like, the way that the characters move is very Muppet-like as well. They kind of move in, like, one general range of motion. But on top of that, they uh, really take advantage of the technology they have and really get to have a lot of fun expressions that you can do beyond um, traditional Muppeteering. And also, they they still use the same expressions that they would do for, like, Kermit and Piggy when they get like frustrated or like upset like they still use yeah. that as if it was like a puppet Kermit's, which is really Kermit cool squeezes his nose in and it's like yes. mm. and there's fozzy wiggling his ears because the original she'll like put her like little snout down like she's so cute the original mechanism yeah. they built into fozzy was that he would be able to smile and frown but then they changed that off for being able to wiggle his ears yeah and that's and something that, that, in the that, episode. that they use in this one too where he like wiggles his ears after he says like his joke and it's super super cute his exchange with the french uh air traffic controller is absolutely adorable because like i feel like the french tra- traffic controller is just like it sounds like a child why is a child flying a plane because <laughs> <laughs> he's and the plus- only other adult other than miss nanny in this so like in that episode yeah, it is, isn't it? Huh. In theory. In theory. <laughs> Plus, there's uh, there's probably my favorite um, line in the entire episode where Kermit, who is still dazed and is trying to regain himself, says, uh, oh boy, it's Bozzy the Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kermit basically gets spun around in the, in the, in the captain's chair of the plane, which, by That's the way, this plane bit. doesn't have any separation between the, the passenger cabin and it's... the cockpit. <laughs> People are just, like, roaming around. Like... Yeah. Uh, the Muppets are currently being sued for having no flight safety regulations at all. <laughs> OSHA yeah, is I, all I, I, over I them. <laughs> OSHA I'm is always... all over the Muppet baby. <laughs> what's 9-11? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing the theory, you know, what's the ser- what's the movie where Kermit doesn't exist, and the Twin Towers are still there. It's a very Merry Muppet Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, that oh. was thing. <laughs> what is that implying exactly? It's just adding to the theory that Kermit's that's a, a pilot. And he caused, that's he caused a loaded, loaded thing to, to have in there. <laughs> Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> and also, I, I, I've always found it hilarious when... um. The typical straight man characters act loopy for one reason or another, like you know, yeah. Kermit, baby Kermit acting loopy because of the dizziness. Or to use another Disney example, um, you guys remember the the Frozen Fever short? 
Yes. yes. Oh, I love point, that short. That's a at one point, one. Elsa, her, it's either because her cold is getting so bad it's making her delirious or because if there's something in the uh, remedy. She hadn't taken both. it yet. She hadn't taken I, she, it. She refused to take it. She was just literally going nuts because she was so sick. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but unlike baby Kermit, this uh, the difference is baby Kermit usually ends in baby Kermit's loopiness is played for comedy, but Elsa... She nearly falls off a clock tower. Yeah, she almost yeah. killed. That's my favorite piece of frozen media ever. Is frozen it's so Super. good. Like, I love it. Elsa dies, and they're just like, "Oh well, <laughs> guess Frozen Two can't happen." Bye on bye, Anna's Angel. birthday. Uh, yeah, well, Elsa dies on Anna's birthday. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I will say at least Kermit gives up his uh, his pilot his, role. his pilot role after he's become incapacitated due to being basically. <laughs> More or less the equivalent of being inebriated. <laughs> Kermit, surely you can't be serious, Kermit. Mm, don't call me. I am serious and mm, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> now, I'm just thinking of that one bit that they did for the Oscars where it was they did flight with sock puppets. <laughs> uh, one of the few funny things come from Seth MacFarlane's term as the host. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you like okay? I am now. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever been in a cockpit before? Um, uh, well, uh, you see, we can't let Animal fly the plane because he'll he'll go wild. It'll be an entirely different kind of flying altogether. It'll be an entirely different kind of flying. <laughs> I'm surprised. With style. Honestly, with the Raiders joke, I'm surprised they didn't sneak at least one airplane joke into this. <laughs> like, that would have just been fitting. You, you know Fozzie was biting his lip trying to get an airplane joke. Out. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't pull uh, the Shirley. You can't be I'm serious. I'm dealing with airplane food. Serious and don't call me Shirley would have just been <laughs> funny to hear out of Fozzie, especially <laughs> baby Fozzie. <laughs> call me Shirley. <laughs> baby, baby Fozzie's parents showed him airplane. Uh, uh, or, or how about I, uh, uh, let me fly the plane. Let me fly the plane. Calm down, animal. Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> No, they have all the Muppet babies go through and slap them like this. Uh, or how about I'm, uh, he wasn't in the episode, but how about I'm, uh, what would he say? Uh, stewardess, I speak Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> there is endless possibilities for airplane jokes in this episode. We need to do a full-blown Muppet airplane at some point. Just, yes, just please. Take, yes, the, please. Take, take airplanes, <laughs> place all the Muppets, go with it. Kermy, you can't it, it better than that bullshit Logan Paul made. <laughs> Kermy, you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Kermy. <laughs> it can't even be worse than that. Uh, the sequel they made to the legitimate airplane, because you know. I mean, the whole thing was a time when Eisner was running the joint. The sequel was okay. I was right. That was Logan Paul. I was like, I wasn't sure if it was Jake Paul or Logan Paul, but I know it was bad. Kermy, you can't be serious. <laughs> they, like, they made an airplane style movie called airplane mode but it's like okay but the problem is to make a movie like that be funny you need good comedic actors not a bunch of people from vine and tiktok but <laughs> one thing i want to say they can they be funny but... airplane they couldn't go as far as they did in the original because the original if it was made today would be canceled instantly yeah i mean you're probably not wrong <laughs> There's some uh, risky, risky uh, jokes in that movie. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, I could see it. I actually met Leslie Nielsen once. Whoa, cool. Yeah, because um, he did um, Pirates 4D with um, 
why why am I blanking on his Mr. name Fulani. all of a sudden? Um, no. Eric Idle. He did Pirates 4D with Eric Idle for um, uh, the SeaWorld Parks for Bush Gardens. Jeez. And um, that mm. ended up getting licensed to a couple other places. And it was at the Luxor. Um, and they were doing an event where he actually came over and um, did like a meet and greet with everyone. So I got to meet him and shake hands with him. He was a funny speaking up. Speaking he, of, he had a whoopee uh, cushion yeah. with him when he was doing the meet and greet. Speaking <laughs> of uh, Bush Gardens shows and random actors that should be in the Muppets, Christopher Lloyd. He was yeah, in is Christopher Lloyd anything with the Muppets? I don't think so, but imagine him voicing Beaker for one, like Bunsen <laughs> for one episode. Great Scott Beaker. You're not making it. He could do, he could do, uh, he could do Bunsen's assistant. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess Christopher Lloyd hasn't done anything with the Muppets, at least to my knowledge, but uh, he certainly had no problem being in the Oogie Loves movie. Uh, yeah. I'm actually on the Muppet Wiki right now. The closest Christopher Lloyd has ever done, the closest association he's ever had with the Henson Company, was his performance as the White Knight in the Hallmark in the 1999 Hallmark version of Alice in Wonderland, which featured puppets from the Creature Shop. Wow. Imagine like a Muppet. That's another one of those like weird out where it's like, how is how is this the only time this person has come even close? Imagine like a Muppetized version of Doc Brown just screaming at Bunsen and Beaker. You fools! Can we at least just get Christopher Lloyd on an episode of Earth to Ned? My God! Yeah, he would please. be perfect for Earth to Ned. I mean, he still reprises his role as Doc Brown. And Weird Al too. Why can't we get Weird Al on Earth to Ned? Like that'd be fun. To have Weird Al is complicated that- because he's kind of just going off on his own and does this whatever he wants. Yeah, but I mean, Weird Al was the host of Comedy Bang Bang for like what? How many seasons? Comedy. At least one. Disney reboots the Weird Al show. So you know, Weird Al was a, was was a co-host of Comedy Bang Bang. At the very least, he could be on a talk show for an episode. Yeah, I mean, like, if they can afford him to be in what two, three seasons of Milo, two seasons of Milo, and two. no, no more apparently. Oh well. Mm. What? Why do I get the feeling we're going to get a video on uh, Starport ninety seven in the future of the top ten actors and actresses? <laughs> That need to be in Muppet Projects. That need to be in Muppet Projects, yes. <laughs> That's coming after I do a video talking about the top 10 kid shows that need to have theme parks before Peppa Pig. Yes. <laughs> theme parks Because <laughs> Peppa Pig is getting her own theme park. I'm like, okay. Does I'm she deserve one? No. Like, also, nope. there's other there's other kid shows that should have parks before Peppa Pig does. So where are we going to put this? Peppa Pig Land. How about Legoland in the middle of nowhere, Winter Haven? Uh, yeah. I'm sure about this. Uh, there's plenty of room in Orlando. Nah, put it next to Legoland. <laughs> I mean, it's Merlin, and they already have the infrastructure, so that's why they're putting it there. They're we're placing yeah. their employee parking lot. Mind you, Legoland already has an incredibly small parking lot because where are the well, employees gonna park? I don't know. They can figure it out. <laughs> park next door at the TGI Fridays. That's been closed for over a year. Personally, I think that the Peppa Pig idea is—you know—it's probably not gonna go well. Matt thinks nope. the Peppa Pig theme park will not go well. Well, I mean, <laughs> is, calling it a theme park is kind of a misnomer because it's not like it's going to be a full yeah. park. It's more like a boutique theme park with a few attractions and then some other interactive stuff. Yeah. I, I guarantee you the gate price is not going to be the same as the gate I price want. to get into Legoland proper. I guess I you can say the Peppa Park, Peppa park has gone bacon. <laughs> they should yeah. have some really good pulled pork. Yeah, oh, no. Having made the joke, I just... Having made the joke I just made, I honestly wonder if there's going to be a condescending narrator repeating everything the guests say. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's just instead of music that's going through the park, it's just the narrator. Steps on the roller coaster. <laughs> he gets excited as it's a new credit in Florida, something that hasn't happened since yesterday. <laughs> I have fled yesterday when Iron Wazi opened. I have fled Catacaris's wrath by moving here to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Good to find another Catacaris fan out it's there. It's not as hot is it's hotter than Britain and the drivers are worse. <laughs> So, so back to Muppet Babies. Yeah, back to Muppet Babies. We've gone off tangent from airplanes. So each of them plane. attempts to fly the plane after Kermit is incapacitated while telling Animal he shouldn't fly the plane as much as Animal wants to. Um, by the way, I don't think we mentioned, but Animal drew that his favorite place was an airplane. So kind of makes you wonder how much Animal's traveled over the years, I guess. Animal trained in Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> I learned how to fly a plane by flying the Millennium Falcon. I learned how to fly a plane in Roblox Flight Simulator 2006. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Roblox. I actually learned to fly a plane at Disney Quest before it closed, you know. Not sure what's a bigger flex, learning how to fly in the Falcon or actually being to Disney Quest. (laughs) (laughs) Being to Disney Quest is not a flex. Let's get one thing straight. It was a glorified arcade at that. Well, okay, so having been to Disney Quest Chicago might be a flex just because it was only open for like two years. Or going to Disney Quest Philadelphia that never got built. Well, yeah, that's an alternate. You got to travel to an alternate universe to go to that park. (laughs) You stood in the empty lot of where it would have been. Meanwhile, in the parallel universe where Disney Quest was built in Philadelphia. (laughs) Also, um, also a flex would be having been to uh, Wanda Movie Park. Oh no, that park that lasts like five days and they're just like- The park that was open for like less than two years. They're like, oh, watch out Disney. We're going to run you out of China. Disney's like, okay, good luck with that, sweetie. Lol. So like, I want to do like uh, an armchair Imagineering segment, maybe if it's okay with you. Because I had a couple ideas to introduce Muppet Babies into the parks. Yeah, go for it. So like, what if they temporarily- replaced Muppet Vision with an entire... It's Muppet Vision still, but it's done by the Muppet Babies. And everything goes chaotic. Like, it does in the normal show, but it gets worse. (laughs) It would be really cute. I could see that. I could see that, but taking over the Disney Junior Auditorium that they have. Because it's like, okay, what are they actually doing with that right now? It's just a dance party you walk into, I guess? I don't know. Yep. Actually, more that I think about it, Muppet Babies recreating famous Disney movie scenes. Yes, well, that, I mean, that's what I've been saying for forever is instead of doing all these live-action Disney remakes, have the Muppets do Disney remakes. Are you kidding Literally, me? It's the circle so of... Good. It, would be so, it would be so perfect. Oh, wait, have any of you guys read that Muppet Great Gatsby script that got shared on the AV Club? I've heard about that. I haven't actually read I've it, but I've heard it. it's really good. Well, you certainly have my attention. Yeah, it's basically um, it's basically like you know, it's basically uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but the biggest thing is that it basically turns into a meta commentary on about the Muppets' rele- uh, relevance in this day and age, and you know, can they still maintain an audience? Like you know, and it gets pretty deep. Oh, I bet. That's like cool. the only thing I can see Disney really pushing is a Muppet Baby meet and greet at studios. Yeah, it'd be it. so cute. I was literally just gonna say that. Like, I would kill a man. But don't make them five feet tall, good lord. Use the Groot animatronic, you know, like just a little bit bigger. Yeah, make them small. Or here's a thought, make them actually be puppets. 
that people are actually controlling. What a concept, right? Groot was technically a puppet, I believe, because he was controlled by somebody off-site. Yeah. And, I mean, they're going to probably do the same thing for Grogu if they ever do a meet and greet. God forbid the line for that. (laughs) Oh, they they will. We all know. We know they will. But how are they getting from Grogu? They were probably getting ready to do that and then pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize, but you have to take a free flight to New Jersey to get in the line to meet Grogu. <laughs> but how would they get the puppeteers to do the Muppet voices? Would it be like pre-recorded remarks, or would they actually have to train the puppeteers to mimic the voices perfectly? Probably well, like great Groot. moments with history. I'm pretty sure that was all pre-recorded because that's all the official voice actors obviously do. Yeah, great moments yeah. was pre-recorded. But but if it's but if it's for a meet and greet, wouldn't you? I'm sure the guests would like to have like a personalized experience with the Muppets. So yeah, have you have to now to to have the voice actor say specific words and have right. the computer process that into. Is that what they do with? Likely, it would is be that what they do like with a talking the, Mickey? What they used to do with the talking Mickey? Yes, yeah, that's exactly how. It yes, works, the same kind of thing. So that could definitely work. I was. I think a meeting would be really cool. more along the really lines cute. of the. Um, I was thinking something more along the lines of like the uh, Guardians dance party that's right in front of Mission Breakout. Where oh, yeah. you have super a fun. set script, but they can still kind of wiggle around it. Yeah, yeah. Because like they originally had a Muppet uh, stage show at MGM, where uh, what you call it now? It's not open. Uh, the Ariel thing. Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Voyage of the Little Mermaid, and they were six feet tall. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is don't make them six feet <laughs> don't tall. Make six Muppets feet should tall. not be six feet tall unless they're Sweetums. We apologize for the inconvenience, but the Muppets you featured in this show are suffering from Giganticus. <laughs> and likewise, I'm uh, from the first Muppet movie again. And yeah. like, and likewise, back in uh, the early days of MGM, I think the, I think it was the area where the uh, Muppet, the Phineas and Ferb meet and greet was during the later years of the Streets of America. But I think it was around that area where they did a, a, a an outdoor stage show, uh, Muppets on Location: The Days of Swine and Roses. Yeah, I never heard of that turtle show. I've seen pictures of it. It's like Kermit's the director. They're trying to make a movie outside on set. Miss Piggy's the star, obviously. Going back to Muppet Babies. Yes. (laughs) I honestly saying that a lot. Wrapping it up. We just have a lot to say about the Muppets in general because the Muppets are awesome. Because like Um, official podcast without a cool acronym, Dream (coughs) Game. Whenever they say back to the subject at hand, take a shot. Back to the subject hand, take a shot. Do not do it. You'll be dead. Yeah. Every time they go off tangent. We'll at least be in the same shape as Kermit after getting spun around in that chair a couple times. Yeah. Right. Hey, hey, look, my favorite podcast host, Dandler Chero Stairs. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe Kermit has become Leslie Nielsen. I can't believe it's not Butter. (laughs) I can't believe it's not Kermit. Um... But yeah, so um, each of them tries flying the plane, and it doesn't really work. Um, and then Animal finally also on the- gets control of the plane, and he also thinks that everyone doesn't like him just because they're because they're not letting him fly the plane. When of oh, course, in their minds, they're like, "Oh, but he's gonna mess everything up." But it's like, okay, but this is all pretend, first of all, so it's it's fine. It's not that deep, guys. And like second of all, danger. he was the one who suggested the plane in the first place. Yeah, for real. Like that was his whole like, "I want to fly this plane," and everyone's like, "No, die. We actually don't want you near this plane. Get off." I mean, I know I, when I was a kid, when people were like, "No, like you can do something else," like in this game, like when I want to do one specific thing, like I would feel so sad too. So I get it. Like even now 
sometimes I feel like my friends hate me. <laughs> so I get, like I get when you were playing, uh It's like when you were playing Foursquare as a kid or trying to play Foursquare, but the big kid who got in the first square made all these stupid rules so you can never actually, yes. oh, yeah. never actually stay in the game. Yes. And then they have all these dumb rules that don't exist. It's like, that's not how Foursquare works, man. I mean, they aren't it's being mean to animal. They're, they're just fearing for their safety. On a in a fake plane. <laughs> Let the kid play. play. Oh no, Miss Piggy is dead. Her she was like flipped over. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Nanny comes out and she's like, "What happened? Piggy's dead." All right, there's crash the plane. That's right. Dead serious about going to Itchy and Scratchy Land. (laughs) There's actually two different robot chicken sketches that involve Muppet Babies and death. Yep, the Muppet Babies nearly encounter death every episode. Because the because the, the other one is like an I know the other one is that I know you I know what you did last summer spoof, where it's about what happened to Skeeter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the... um, what the heck was up with that uh, Samba La Marseillaise? I yeah. don't know. It, it was weird because Miss Nanny said that it was her favorite French song, and it starts off with the French national anthem, then it goes into a salsa version of the French national anthem. Like, I know France is not too far from Spain, but there's... Because when I think of Mexico, I think of dancing penguins. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Summer was a penguin. It all connects! (laughs) Summer penguin is the Agatha all along of the Muppet babies. That's what I've been saying since (laughs) I started watching the show. She's it's in a summer all along. Not a purple, just saying. Oh, she yeah. wants to dance like Uma Thurman, dance like a mess. So, in conclusion, Muppet Babies is incredibly charming and wonderful. Yes, and it, it, it's it's cute. It's very cute. It's just wholesome, boy. Yeah, if you could be um, watching. There's so many like Muppet cameos and like references, and there's like so much bonding between all the kids. God, it's just, it's real they, cute. I can't wait they, if they do a Star Wars episode. Oh that'd be gosh, so that'd be cute. This time that'd they can great. make uh, Piggy not be Leia and uh, Kermit not be Luke because that's weird to me. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Knowing that's that they... what wasn't the, the the original Muppet Baby Star Wars episode. And like, before... Piggy, and like, I think that was before anyone knew that Luke and Leia were siblings. So like, she was like yeah. trying to kiss Kermit the whole time. It was a, it's a whole thing. A yeah, whole thing. that's that's uncomfortable see the thing with that is it's like i I don't think i don't even think george knew at the beginning that that was where it was gonna end up going does piggy like has ever since kermit and piggy met has piggy always been like yeah i want to be with a frog well every and every scenario that they where they meet for the first time it's love at first sight for miss piggy every single thing it's the same thing with gonzo and camilla so gonzo kind of has a little crush on on piggy too in the original muppet show yeah Yeah, it kind of does doesn't he my mom always used to tell me about it, and I was like, I hate it. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, does anything have a. No. Hang on. Probably the best way to describe Muppet Babies is that it's sweet, it's charming. Let your kids watch it, and the animation style is wonderful. It's just haberdashery with great panache. Yes. Oh, definitely. You know. And there's an actual cameo from Dr. Teeth later on. So, <laughs> you watch yeah. it. That's awesome. So, does anyone have anything they want to plug? My YouTube channel is uh, Twisted Coasters. I'm Monterey Lime on Twitter. You probably heard of me if you're watching this podcast, though. Um, probably just my um, my Instagram, which is and Twitter, which is Carly Bella with an underscore, and the 
a musical without a cool acronym. Um, it's going to be a TikTok virtual musical, um, and it's a finance for parody. It's going to be really, really fun. I'm the art designer for it. Yay! Yay! I I don't really have much to plug up other than the uh, two up other than the two podcasts I was guesting. I have previously guests guested on those being the Emperor's New Podcast and Channel KRT. Those two are those are two wonderful podcasts. If you have the time, give them a listen. They're wonderful. Which episode of Channel KRT were you on again? Jog my memory. I'm Bear in the Big Blue House, the Berry Bear Christmas. That's right. Yes. So that's another Henson production. It all connects. <laughs> okay. You can find me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I actually just released a video all about Six Flags Magic Mountain. My thoughts on the park and my critiques and what I would change. And if you like that video, I'm actually planning on doing a similar one all about my first trip to Legoland, Florida. So that's going to be coming out within the next couple weeks. In other news, uh, it's not really new news because I've been putting this at the end of my podcast for a while now. I'm actually planning on bringing back my flagship series, Theme Park Backlot, which has been on hiatus since April for obvious reasons. The next episode is going to be all about Walt Disney World Resort infrastructure, the resorts, and Disney Springs. Specifically, the changes that have happened since um, Dave made his videos about those things. So expect that within the next several months. I'm not entirely sure when it's going to be out. I just started working on it so you can also find this podcast on twitter at podcast acronym if you like this and want to hear more be sure to subscribe leave us a review and give us five stars that really helps us out in the algorithm you can find us on anchor and all the other usual places google play spotify apple podcasts and more next week on the podcast without a cool acronym we'll be looking at another reboot of a classic show this time it's 2017's ducktales just in time for the show's finale we're going to be looking at the first episode because i just got around to covering it now so yeah but let's stop and try to remember it's gotten dark every night since well forever and none of my fears have ever come true so far hey mine neither (laughs) now i'm riding through the dark with a friend it doesn't feel so bad it doesn't feel so bad The moon is beautiful, the stars are starry I could almost forget what was so scary about the dark lot of fun thank you guys so much this was this was a blast is this the longest episode thank this, you so much yeah this was a long episode so it's like <laughs> a bunch i'm probably gonna uh i'm probably gonna trim but yeah 